It's time for the Power Hour of Love, starring Charboil and El Bandito. Welcome to the Fiesta. Hey everybody, welcome to the Power Hour of Love. I'm Charboy and with me is... El Bandito. Hey El Bandito, how are you doing tonight? Ooh, I'm doing great tonight, senor. I'm in a super good mood. I just had a cookie. Apparently we got a gift basket here in the studio. Oh man. Yeah, I got a cookie in it that had like blueberries or some little fruit chunks or something in it. And it was delicious. So hey, I think that came from one of those mothers that we uh, called on Mother's Day. Was it? I don't know. It had a card or something. I thought it wasn't for us, so I just dug in and ran. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say pretty much I, I thought you almost ate the card while you were sitting there enjoying. <laughs> I thought someone was sending it for uh, Justin McPatches as a going away thing. And I was like, oh, it got here after he left. So oh, I'm going to eat it. But oh. it was. I'm, I'm going to eat some more of those cookies later. They were good. There you go. Enjoy, man. Well, you should be enjoying because you know what we have coming up this weekend? What's that? It's Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah. So we got a big party weekend coming up. Time for a celebration. Yeah. Now, now let me see if I get this right, because I always get it confused, but I know you're on point with this. So Memorial Day is like the first party of summer. Yes. And Labor Day is the last party of summer. You got it. And right, right smack dad in the middle, we got the 4th of July. The 4th of July. July. Yeah. Which is the perfect time to have some Luther burgers. I'm looking forward to those this oh, year. Oh, there we go. That's It sounds like a plan. If you guys don't know what a Luther burger is, tell them what it is, El Bandito. Ooh, it is a bacon cheese cheeseburger with some nice crisp cheddar cheese on it that you put instead of buns you put two crispy cream donuts oh, as your man. bun and you eat it like that so it's a hamburger made out of donuts and it is like the greatest thing in the world i know it sounds crazy it sounds like too much sweetness and weird stuff but that sweetness goes with the salty bacon goes with that like meaty beef patty yeah. and then it goes oh that sharp cheddar cheese oh yeah man the the sweetness just pulls out the tartness of it and it is wonderful it's i bet it would be like one of those thai food favorites because uh-huh. you know thai food the whole theory behind it is you get all five tastes yes. in every bite yes and this is like perfect you, know? you got it man yeah we definitely love the luther burgers yeah. i've been kind of watching what i eat lately but i think i'm gonna have to save a cheat meal from one of those luther <laughs> burgers because now you got me thinking about it i know right i hey i'm watching what i eat too i watch it go right in my <laughs> mouth <laughs> well you know what a lot of other people are going to be watching this weekend what's that they're going to be watching the screens in fear as they play the friday the 13th game that comes out tomorrow Ooh, man. And now, look, see, McPatch has just left. He missed it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm sure he's going to be listening in over there, which is a good time for us to mention that we have heard word from our fearless leader. Mm-hmm. He has landed in Bristol, and him and his wife are getting all settled into their flat. <laughs> that That's apartment for all of you non-English folk out there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, being that they're kind of getting settled in right now, we're going to kind of take over the duties, uh, duty <laughs> for a little while, and we're going to do the Underground Horror Cadaver, which is just a little segment where we're going to kind of talk about some upcoming horror news that's going on. 
There you go, guys. So for all of you uh, nerd fans out there, if you wanted a little bit of cult classics nostalgia coming at you as well, we got it right here. What do we got, Senor Bull? Oh, man. Well, Universal Studios just announced that they're going to come out with the Dark Universe. Oh, okay. Which is playing heavily kind of almost like the Marvel Universe, you know? Okay. But what it's going to be, it's going to be all the classic movie monsters kind of okay. duking it out and kind of getting together, I guess, I don't know, as a team or there's going to be like a team. Or like, okay, well, I, I've heard several times that Universal's trying to kind of get the steam going with this. Is it still going to continue on with the movies that have already been made or is this going to be something just new? It's going to be brand new starting with the mummy that comes out next month. Oh, so okay. Well, with, I don't know if that's good or bad. But <laughs> I agree. I mean, I've seen the trailers so far and I'm like, yeah, what the hell's going on over there? I'm not sure yet, but who knows? Maybe it's kind of just opening doorways for like the other stuff. Yeah. I did hear, though, that Johnny Depp's supposedly going to play the Invisible Man. Oh, okay. And there's another big star. I can't remember his name right now, but he's going to be playing uh, 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 Jekyll. Jekyll oh, and Dr. Hyde. Jekyll yeah, and Mr. Hyde? Yeah, so. I gotcha. Okay, well, what are they doing? The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen again? <laughs> That's what they should do. Because that, 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 that premise is great. That could sure. be a really good movie. Well, I think maybe they're trying to get into all that feel yeah. of things. but um, Yeah, because yeah. I know the classic Universal monsters are like Creature from the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. talking Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman. Exactly. You know, so yeah. it's like... I, let's get another Monster Squad going. What the hell are you guys waiting for? There you quit, go. Quit making these bullshit movies with like steampunk Frankenstein <laughs> and Aaron Eckhart. And then like, what was a Dracula movie they made that was just trash? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dracula un- Untold or something. Yeah. You're right. Albandita, you're spot on with that. That was supposed to be the start mm-hmm. of this new universe, but that was total garbage. Yeah, it was so, they were, so yeah. bad that they just yeah. trashed it. And now this mummy thing, dude, it honestly looks like they remade like a gritty reboot of the Brendan Fraser movie. Yeah. And you're like, no, that movie was like a joke, you know? Like, sure. uh, I think his name is Stephen Summers. I always get yes. it confused because I think yes. it's Scott Summers. Mm-hmm. But Stephen Summers, in my opinion, like, is like every movie he makes is like a cartoon. It's like something yeah. like a 10 year old wrote. Like you said just, Van Helsing was yeah, directed by him. They're just fantastical yep. and like yeah. corny. And they're fun, but they're not good. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll have to see where it goes. I think yeah. the whole thing of this is going to be that. It's a female mummy. Like yeah. It's not a, it's not Which, a hey, Imhotep uh, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for more chicks on the screen, you know, but it, it's don't wrap them up and shit and then, you know, I can't see them. That's exactly. No it's it's Imhotep. That's it. Instead of Imhotep. <laughs> no, I think it's Imhotep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you know, as much fun as it's going to be to see how that all plays out, there has been some stuff going on in the real world that hasn't been so fun lately. We got some real deal horror going on, and uh, we definitely wanted to take a moment and just extend our our our, our hearts to the all the people in uh, Manchester, you know, for the well in England, yeah. you know, for the Manchester disaster that happened a few days ago. We know that now that ISIS has taken responsibility for it, and it's just terrible. And, you know, we just, you know, hearts go out to their families and everyone that was injured and just put in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a total shame. It's a real-life horror. And, you know, we we hate to have to report it, but, you know, it's not something you want to ignore. You want to acknowledge it and just remind those people out there who are terrorists and they commit terrorist acts like this that no matter how much they try to beat us down and take away our sense of joy, that we're always going to come back having fun and being who we are, and we're not going to let them get us down. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, go out, see movies. Go to shows, go to events. Yeah. Don't let this stop. Yeah, you. don't don't let it make you live in fear. You know, just live life every day that you're alive. You know, because none of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. 
you know. So make the best of what you got today, and don't let these people take that away from you. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better, El Bandito. And, you know, just like we were just saying, you know, you always want to go out and see these acts and bands and stuff because you never know how much longer they're going to still be around. And just as we learned last week, very unfortunate as well. Sorry, this is a little bit of the downer section of the uh, episode. But, you know, uh, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden passed away Mm -hmm. last week. Um, It was uh, revealed that uh, it was uh, due to a suicide, which it absolutely isn't. I mean, not to put light on it, but I mean... It almost seems like these grunge rockers, I mean, it's either suicide or overdose or, yeah. you know, I mean, right now, I mean, I know there's been a lot of stuff going around on social media to make kind of a joke, but it's like they should keep an eye on Eddie Vedder because, I mean, <laughs> you just never know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's funny because a lot of people really take for granted. They look at artists and, you know, actors and things like that, and they think like, oh, these people make millions of dollars and their lives are great and they should never be depressed. But what they don't realize is anyone who really makes it super big like that, who isn't like a douchebag, you know, because some of them are just douche, Paris sure. Hilton's and Kardashian's. You know, but even them, you know, they still have to do their 16 hour day shoots. Oh, yeah. You know, they have to see people on the street every day who recognize them and probably give them shit. You know, it's a very stressful lifestyle. But artists, especially like musicians and actors who are really trying to perfect a craft, can really get consumed by their work just like anybody else. Oh, yeah. And these people making millions of dollars at the tops of their field are people who live for this. And that pressure and that anxiety to do well and do a good job just haunts them every single day. I mean, we saw the same thing with Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. He made millions and millions of people laugh all over the globe, and he still felt like he wasn't doing enough, like he wasn't good enough, like he wasn't funny. And you're like, that's that's, that's tragic, but that's what makes these people so great. But Absolutely. we should keep an eye on them because they're national treasures most of the time, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, like you said, someone as happy as Robin Williams and and same, you know, same thing, suicide. It's yeah. it's it's almost it's hard to wrap your brain around sometimes. But like you said, they're people just like us. So it, everybody, it, yeah, it is. And and talking about people in the top of their field who have left us recently, we got to tip the hat to Sir Roger Moore. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, and just to get the record straight, he did pass away after a short bout with cancer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, not that Roger Moore uh, decided to take his own life or anything like that. I mean, you know, you only live once, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is that a Roger Moore one? I think that might be a Sean Connery, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> you only live twice is a Sean That's Connery right. one. Yes, go, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that one was not a good one. That was one where they had, like, a lot of Asian racism and stuff That's in it. That's true. So. That was, like, the early 70s. I shouldn't say that because it was still good but it's like a little racist it now, is so it's hard yeah. to watch but it's an early 70s yeah, where like, oh wait you know black exploitation was going <laughs> on and all those yeah. kung fu movies but yeah roger moore did a lot of the great so he did oh, um a Octop- view to a kill octopussy yes, yeah yes yes a view to yeah that yeah. i mean actually come to think of it almost like from the 70s almost into the early, late 80s right i mean he got yeah license yeah. to kill i think might have been his last one and well, then it, I think License to Kill was Timothy Dalton, though. Was it? I'm, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm you pretty mi- sure. You yeah. might be right. I think yeah. that was his first one was that. And then uh, uh, Timothy Dalton did The Living Daylights. So I think those were the only two he made. Very You You are definitely the uh, <laughs> the Bond connoisseur of us, so I will definitely take your word for it, no Albert And yeah. yeah, definitely, you know... Um, uh, same thing, uh, a worldly treasure, you know, yeah. uh, Roger Moore. You know, yeah, an the, international treasure yes, right there, yes. Roger Moore. I mean, people loved him. You know, he was a great Bond. Even if he's not your favorite Bond, you know, he filled the shoes for over a decade. Oh, yeah. You know, and he kept the dream alive. And, uh, you know, we thank him for that. And, you know, any, any other work you see him in, too, he's always great. I love, you know, 
in in the recent years, in the last like 10, 15 years, he'd done a lot of comedy satire yes. on himself, you know. Yeah. So he seemed like a really cool guy, you know, oh, very yeah. down to earth and a lot of fun. So, you know, he will be missed. And to give him a little send off, I, I kind of handpicked a song here. This is from a group called Gemini. That's a pair of twin sisters who write and produce all their own music. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely wonderful. We'll throw some links out so you guys can check them out. But they have this song that, to me, absolutely sounds like it should be an opening to the next Bond film. But this is their hit, appropriately titled, Goodbye. Yeah. 
And that was Goodbye by Gemini. Yeah, now Gemini, like I said, it's a pair of twin sisters. It's Lisa and Gina Gomez. They, uh, they come out of Los Angeles, California out there. And they've been doing just, man, this incredible music. Like I said, they write it. They produce it themselves. And uh, they both sing on there. And they're just beautiful and oh, amazing. Oh, great song. Um, yeah. that, that track, Goodbye, comes off their debut album, More Than Me. Uh, which I was lucky enough to grab at Nerdapalooza one year when they came and played live. Oh, yeah. And I great. was like spellbound. You I was were. in the lobby. You remember <laughs> that? I was in the lobby and they started playing over the intercom and I ran into the auditorium where they were and was just mesmerized. Instantly went over and bought their CD and everything. And Absolutely. it was just, it was super nice. And I will tell you this, like I didn't get the opportunity to meet them. I mean, they're two beautiful young women and they like rushed them the hell out of there because we would have been mobbed by nerds, you know? But I did send them an, uh, a message on Facebook telling them how much I liked their work and, and everything like that. And they actually responded and sent me a nice message back. That's you awesome. know, and this was years ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're really two very sweet people, super nice. I wish them the best of luck. I know they should have tremendous success because they are amazing. You guys mm -hmm. go check them out. They're on Reverb Nation, SoundCloud. They're on YouTube. They're on Facebook. You can find them. It's Gemini with two E's. Check it out. They're the best. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, I really dug that track, man. Very, very, very powerful. Yeah, and I, I remember when, when I messaged them, the whole thing was like, it's kind of like a breakup song. Yeah. You know, when you really listen to it. But I told them, I said, this thing has such an overture to it that I'm like, this sounds like a James Bond opening to me. Uh, oh, yeah. And the, the girls wrote me back and were like, dude, that's hilarious. Like, we're such big James Bond fans. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, I think, right around the time uh, Skyfall had come out. Gotcha. You know, and then they were telling me how much they liked it and everything like that. So it was really cool. But Awesome, man. Well, definitely. I'm glad we were able to hear them on here. Absolutely. So best of luck to them. But... Right now, it's time for our favorite segment. Our favorite segment? Favorite one. Podunk News. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. We got a new batch of podunk news coming at you. And, uh, yeah, they, we've got some interesting bits this year. Or we got some interesting bits this week, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've had some wild ones this year. but Yeah, yeah. yeah. I looked at some of the stuff you dug up on this one, and I'm just like, I can't wait to get to this. So let's jump right in and say the Friday the 13th game comes out tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it will live up to the hype of all the Kickstarters and <laughs> Justin McPatches like praying that this is like the ultimate Jason yeah, game. The end-all, be-all Jason game. <laughs> You yeah. know, and I, I'm I, I'm just bummed it doesn't have you know Jason X, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him, man. Be like, listen, I would have totally supported you and backed you if it had D Jason X. But I was watching some video clips on this earlier, All right. and it does look pretty cool. Right now, it's only going to have the multiplayer mode, okay. so like you and your friends can all get together. But in the game, if you uh, you know you're on the you're on the uh, campsite. And if you're close to other like counselors, you can talk through your headset. Nice. But if you get too far, you guys can't talk to each other <laughs> unless you find walkie-talkies. That's cool. And I thought that was pretty cool. Heck and, yeah. And I watched some of the videos of somebody playing as Jason. And yeah, it's so cool. They kind of like let you teleport with him and kind of oh, pop cool. up in the shadows and stuff. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty badass game. It so. sounds great, man. We'll we'll have to try it out. We'll we'll have to throw it up on our playthrough and review. Oh. Yeah, you know, the, the new YouTube channel yeah. that we got coming out, we're just going to post our debut video this weekend. So head over to YouTube, check it out, like, subscribe it. We're going to do all of our segments where we play clips 
you know, oh, yeah. like a little mini clips a minute or two here on the Power Hour to kind of whet your appetites out there. And then you can come and check out a full-length video where we have clips from the game as we're playing along. You can watch our reactions to different things and stuff oh, like yeah. that. You it's know, get a little lot bit of fun. Of, yeah, get a little bit of a taste of the game. But absolutely. Plus, you get to look at our beautiful faces. Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if just listening to these deep sensual voices has got you all in a tizzy, wait till you see us in person and that shit will go away like instantly <laughs> well let's yeah as we brought him up we do gotta give you a little bit of a letdown but you don't have to wait too much longer for it but yeah star trek bridge crew has now been pushed <laughs> to may 30th i mean how much That's, further yeah, are they the, gonna drag the, this it, thing out <laughs> they should push it another two years to when people actually have virtual reality headsets who cares when it comes out it doesn't matter no this, one's gonna be able to like four people in the <laughs> united states are gonna get to play it one of them still bill gates <laughs> there you go oh you know he'll be playing the, the gates yeah but talking about super sexy people out there it looks like tom hardy has been tapped to play eddie brock in the new upcoming sony movie venom oh man i have to say i'm pretty excited about this yeah i think it's a good casting choice just because of the size he puts on yeah, you know i mean yeah. I, I know he's not a super tall guy yeah. you know um but Compared to like the venom that we got with Topher Grace, oh, it's yeah. kind of like eh, the the whole it was point. Emo venom. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the whole point in in comic book characters is is to make your villain and your hero, you know, opposites. You know, they, exactly. they contrast each other. So having a yeah. big muscular Eddie Brock in the comics was was smart. It was the way to do it. And then they just totally kind of screwed the pooch on that in the movies. Um, so I think Tom Hardy, you know, with the size he had playing Bane, was a great opposite of sure, Christian Bale. Sure. And I think, uh, you know, especially with Tom Holleran, you know, the new Spider-Man being tiny, really looks like a young mm-hmm. kid and stuff. You know, I don't think he's going to be in the Venom movie, but sure. if when they that ever happens, the, yeah, 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 it's going to be great. So. Well, you know, back in the 90s, Wizard Magazine used to always peg Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> to play Eddie Brock cause just because yeah. of his size. Because remember in the, in the comics, I mean, he was oh, a was bodybuilder. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember one scene like of, of Eddie Brock like ripping like a, you know, barbell in half and stuff like that. I mean, it was just it was just cool. He yeah. was just a force to be reckoned. I remember they would show his apartment and it just had like photos of Peter Parker and shit like around it and like news clippings and stuff. It was like a really weird. Like the guy was like total taxi driver. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny. Now that you mentioned the whole thing with, you know, uh, Tom Hardy playing Bane, Mm -hmm. he's kind of almost gotten tagged to like reprise like certain characters. I mean, he had Bane, you know, Mm -hmm. which no matter what you think of the Dark Knight Rises, that was definitely better than the Bane that we got in Batman and Rise. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and it's cool because to me, Bane and Venom are very similar. Sure. Like they're both kind of that character that's very fanboy-y for being like the big tough guy character, but not really actually doing anything in comics. Exactly. can, Can you think of a great story arc that Venom's in? Not not unless you're going to throw Carnage into the mix or something. I mean, like if that. you talk about the one where he drops a Ferris wheel on Peter Parker's parents yeah, that he that, thinks they're back from the dead, like that's probably the most famous actual storyline he, he has. The final confrontation. You know? yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah exactly. I mean? You know, but then, you know, he's that anti, that anti hero that came out yeah. around that time was a huge thing in the early mid 90s there. So, you know, he's a great character, does a lot of cool stuff, but. 
again, he ends up in that Bane category for me of like kind of more fanboy oh, than absolutely. having any substance to a character. All the other fifth grade students that were with yeah. me in class when we were drawing our Venom characters <laughs> will be there. You know, because yeah I'll, yeah, I'll be honest, probably one of the comics I have the most of are like Venom comics. Yeah, like yeah. they were just cool. They were extra violent. No, no you know? doubt. Yeah. And and I, I want to get the record straight. Like I don't knock Venom or Bane. Like yeah. both of their debut comics were fantastic. Absolutely. But they were so hard hitting and so good in their debut that they never did a good story after that. Like they never lived up to that potential of like oh, yeah. they actually should have beat their enemies you know like oh, bane should have beat batman yep. you know venom should have beat spider-man but they couldn't really let that happen so now the character kind of gets nerfed yeah you know and becomes then it's like a hero no like you said like an yes yeah so. well it'll be interesting to see but looks like we got some more stuff coming down with the comic book movie news right around the corner you want to take this one el bandito sure yeah on another sad note for tonight it looks like Zack snyder is leaving the justice league post-production after his daughter's apparent suicide oh man um so that is very tragic and very sad um but joss whedon who was tapped to do the Batgirl movie looks mm. like he's going to jump in and help finish up the post production. So that's really awesome of him. Oh, absolutely. You know, I know uh, Gemini is going to be excited about that. I know they're huge fans of him. <laughs> you know, they, they mentioned that on stage how, like, one of their proudest moments was meeting him at the San Diego Comic Con. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so th I'm sure they'll be excited to, to see whatever work he puts into that. But yeah, it's cool of him to step in and, and let, you know, Zack Snyder go and deal with his, his personal stuff. You know, it's absolutely. good of the studio to not kick oh, his yeah. ass over it too oh absolutely sometimes yeah. it can be a little heartless out there in hollywood so and and you know you know josh whedon has done some real miraculous things for marvel so let's see what he yeah. adds to the dc pot right yeah and i gotta say in the most justice league move warner brothers has ever done <laughs> you know they're really showing some real teamwork here exactly. and some kindness and like getting the job done and it's it's really great on their on their behalf. So you know, Absolutely. best of luck to Mr. Snyder and his family, and you know, then dealing with their loss. And um, and of course, thanks to Joss Whedon for jumping in there, man. Absolutely, man. Well, here's a another story, uh, Podunk News exclusive that we have coming <laughs> at you guys. An Oklahoma high school is apologizing for apparently using a quote by Adolf Hitler in their yearbook. Yeah, real nice. <laughs> <laughs> the quote was. If you want to shine like the sun, first you have to burn like it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he told that to a bunch of people right before. <laughs> yeah, right before he burned them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that yeah, I get the whole historic aspect, and it's not a yeah. terrible quote. I mean, it's kind of a inspiring. It's a little dark. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. But yeah, I think, yeah, th there's so many other people yeah. to quote. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah it, well, okay. That's true. I mean, you know, like I said, it, the quote itself, I mean, if, if yeah. you look at it at face value, if you didn't know who said it. Right. Which I'm pretty yeah. sure is what happened with this Oklahoma high school. Most likely. Because they probably didn't know what it was and somebody realized what it was and they were like, holy what shit. The? <laughs> you know, like, so they are going to remove it and mm -hmm. reprint the, the yearbook. So that's probably probably a wise decision there. So. Absolutely. But speaking of wise decisions, we got a story here that doesn't have a wise decision in it <laughs> as apparently... Someone was donating a bunch of clothes to a used clothing store, you know? Uh-huh. And the employees, when sifting through the clothes, found 100 grams of marijuana mixed in with these children's clothing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, I I'm, I'm telling you, I mean... Has there, there must be more and more stories of misplaced marijuana 
this year. <laughs> then, you, you, well, of course, these guys are high as fuck. <laughs> they can't keep track of it. You know? <laughs> these places make it legal, and now they're just putting it in with the rest of the stuff that they're giving away. Now it ends up at Goodwill. <laughs> a Goodwill. <laughs> Towards man, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just a crazy story. I mean, 100 grand. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's a lot of marijuana when you think about oh, it. Oh, dude, know? totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm not so great with the metric stuff, but 100 anything is a lot, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. When you think of the going price for this stuff on the street and stuff, like, yeah. or even from I'm the not super familiar, are you? I didn't realize. <laughs> you can look up anything on the internet nowadays, <laughs> even Adolf Hitler quotes. <laughs> Man, all you have to do is check your yearbook. Yeah, exactly. You're good to go. Well, let's get to this final story. All right, and then the final story. Justice we, is served. <laughs> yeah, we got a pretty wacky one here. Why don't you go ahead and hit that one? Okay. A 51-year-old big game hunter was killed when a dying elephant collapsed on him. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this is justice or karma kind of, you know, being served here, especially with all the stuff over the past few years with these big game hunters. But this happened near... Good luck farms in Zimbabwe, Africa. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think there was a lot of good. Well, maybe it's good luck for the animals. That's what it is. Absolutely. And I mean, I guess down there they do kind of breed elephants and stuff for this type of hunting, which yeah. is kind of sadistic in its own right. But Well, I, yeah. I mean, they do a lot of that breeding. I mean, it's better than hunting them to extinction out in the wild. Sure. So I get the concept there. Um, but again, yeah, it's probably not a great idea to just do those kind of caged hunts. Like oh, that yeah. never seemed very sporting, you know, where they just keep them in one area and a guide kind of walks you right out to them and then you just shoot them. Yeah. It doesn't really seem sporting. I mean, if you, if you ever read any of these books, my dad actually used to read them to me when I was a kid, which may seem a little weird, but it was stories about big game hunters from the old days Sure, where they were like in India, a tiger would kill a person in the city yes, and then would yeah. like always come back because now they had like, oh, it's easy to kill people, so I'm just going to go eat them. They and became, now they're killing yeah. 20 or 30 people, so they get a big game hunter who has to go out there and hunt and track this oh, tiger yeah, that can yeah, very yeah. easily kill him back. Oh, so absolutely. Those were like men were men. That's what hunting's all about. Yeah, that was that. Like you said, like you know, stuff like the most dangerous game, the Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah, you know, they kind of had yeah. that. Those like you said, the hero was the big game hunter. Absolutely. I mean, it. it, it it's kind of always been that thing that, like, if you're hunting, your prey should be able to kill you back in sure. some capacity. You yeah. know? And that's the one thing people underestimate in these caged child. It's still a wild yeah. animal. Yeah. Now, does, did it say what this elephant was dying of? He well, wasn't shot, was he? No, it was He was shot by another hunter. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that is just, you know, when you first read it, I thought he was just sick or something and no, he just died. No. So he got shot by another. That's terrible, man. That sounds like some Dick Cheney shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> set him up <laughs> just stand right over there bob <laughs> you'll be fine but um yeah definitely so that that will about wraps it up for this edition of uh podunk news but to get you guys all ready for that friday the 13th game that's coming out we have a track here by the first jason titled children of the night
And that was First Jason with Children of the Night. Oh, man, that was a rocking tune right there. Heck yeah, man. And a lot of people are probably surprised to find out who First Jason is. Why don't you tell all these beautiful people out there? Oh, man. First Jason is actually led by the guy who first played Jason Voorhees in a Friday the 13th movie. Now, which which movie did Jason Voorhees actually first appear? It was in the first movie, although he wasn't the main killer. You know, it was his right. Brother. He wasn't the guy in the hockey mask. Right? Yeah, yeah, not yet. He actually didn't get the hockey mask until the third movie. Oh wow! Okay, but, but yeah, in, school me. <laughs> but in the in the in the first movie, he was just the boy in the lake that kind of pulls the lady in at the end. Right at the very end of the movie, right? Because yeah. like uh, the end is like you find out it's his mom getting yeah. back at the counselors for letting her son drown or whatever. Exactly. And then, but the very last scene is they're out on the canoe or whatever yep, and, and the guy reaches up and pulls yeah away. and it's like the real mythical yeah. undead jason <laughs> coming to to kill people but this is the guy who was the actor in that yes. scene yes. and now he's the lead singer of this first jason so, so it's not just a clever name yeah it's really him so it's, it's pretty cool but cool track i really Absolutely. dug it it does get you psyched about checking out the game you know gets you in that horror feel so that was a good track Absolutely. And uh, we actually had a chance to meet him during the Treasure Coast Freak Show last year, El Bandito. Uh, Justin McPatches did an interview, which is available up on Podbean for everyone to enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, all of our past episodes are also on Podbean, All the Power Hour Love, yep. both season one and this current year's run. Mm -hmm. So you can go and check those out. Also, too, you can always hit us up at powerhourofloveat at gmail.com if you have a topic or you know, question that you want to discuss with us. You can also hit us up on our Facebook page or our brand new Instagram page, mm -hmm. or you can call us at our toll-free number. It's 1-844-944-LOVE. We have a 24-hour message board there. So you call, leave a voicemail. We'll either get back to you or we'll play your message on the air and answer whatever question or talk about your events, whatever you, you want to hit us up with. If you just want to call and tell us we suck, we'll play it on the air and rip you to shit for having a faggoty voice. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like you said, if they want to talk about some of the artists we played, or, yes. you know, we could definitely uh, give you some more information on that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And also check out our brand new YouTube channel. 
the playthrough and review channel. It's going to be up for the Power Hour Love uh, probably this weekend. So get there, check it out, hit subscribe, hit a like, oh, yeah. and you'll keep current with all the best podunk news, podunk reviews, and the Power Hour Love. Oh, yeah, man. And let's keep on the nerdy, nerdy train as it comes rolling into town, man. Cool stuff to talk about. Yeah, no, we totally do. And it's funny because as poignant as that song just was for the upcoming Friday the 13th game, uh-huh. we were so thought we were on point last week hitting all of our Star Trek stuff. And then we didn't even realize like the trailer for Discovery had dropped <laughs> and we just totally missed it. So we're oh, like, yeah. oh, OK, great. So we're here to tell you we did sit down and actually watch the brand new trailer for Star Trek Discovery. And my initial thought is that is not the prime universe of Star Trek. <laughs> now, do you think it's like, does this fit more into what, what do they call it, the Kelvin? Uh, the Kelvin timeline, yeah, because it was apparently the USS Kelvin that Captain Kirk's dad was originally on, which is, uh, you know, when Nero came through the sure. time, it was the ship that he destroyed. Okay. And the destruction of that ship has completely diverted the timeline, right? Now, I know a lot of people are saying, well, well Star Trek Discovery set 10 years before Kirk went on his mission. Mm-hmm. But that's still after the Kelvin timeline disaster, you know, like when the USS Kelvin was destroyed because Captain Kirk was a baby. You know, he doesn't set off on his mission until he's like 30. So you're wondering if this might actually be in the Kelvin timeline. Yes. But they're kind of pitching it almost as... Yeah, well, I, I read a report on this. It turns out that the original writer of the show wrote it as a Prime Universe series. Uh huh. But he didn't actually work on any of the production of the show. So they could have completely changed the script from what it was. And if you look at the trailer, it's beautiful. It's cinematic. It looks wonderful. But it looks just like the new movies. You know, it has all the big lens flares. It has like the wacky looking, you know, um, uniforms and stuff. And a a lot of that larger than life sort of nebula space. Mm -hmm. Like there's no just black space like there is in the Prime Universe. Everything has like these kind of dusty clouds and shit in it. So, you know, it just looks very much like the Kelvin timeline stuff, which isn't bad. I think the Klingons also kind of look like Kelvin timeline-y Klingons. Gotcha. Um, Have we seen? Oh, we saw them in the second movie, right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's very brief you know but yeah. but they're there and i've seen a lot of up close photographs where they show the ridges mm-hmm. on their mm-hmm. forehead are very different than they are kind of in what is considered the prime universe so you know i'm kind of thinking it is going to be if not somewhere in between definitely in the kelvin timeline um but it could just be production value that they just wanted it to look like the other thing sure. even though it's still set in the other but to well, try to like almost keep those fans of the new movie yeah. but kind of urge them back into the original stuff <laughs> exactly but okay here's my favorite part about it when the trailer dropped they also put out the news that CBS is going to put this on their streaming pay to watch network yeah only like yeah. it will not air on regular TV. Like you have to buy a subscription. I think it's like five ninety nine a month something or something. Like yeah. To their CBS streaming thing. How do you feel about that? I mean, I, I do think that's pretty cheap. You know, yeah. like I, I kind of wish it. I mean, I could see if they aired it first and then, you know, went just to that. You yeah. Know, and it's, it just seems like they're trying to hook into like the Netflix and stuff like that. Yeah. And what really kind of worries me about that. Not I mean I'm I want to watch this new Star Trek show, but like there's a lot of CBS television that I enjoy on Netflix, the Twilight mm-hmm. Zone and a lot of the older shows and stuff like that. And if they take that off of Netflix, mm-hmm. that's really gonna suck. Yeah, and that's, that's probably what's going to happen if they yeah. have their own service, you know. And what's funny to me is that, like, I want to know if you can binge watch like you do on Netflix. Like, yeah. will Discovery just come out of one day? 
Because if it does, I'll pay the six bucks, watch the whole show, and then quit. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably even get like a free, you know, I'm sure they're going to do like, oh, first month's free. You yeah. Watch <laughs> Discovery and then hit the bricks. You know? But yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I, I don't like that concept i really hope yeah. that they bring it to like regular te- like why, why why not make it like a regular yeah. television i mean well, I, I, yeah. I hope that uh, within our lifetimes that regular cable will just be gone sure you know because streaming services are so much better yeah you know and i understand like they don't have commercials and that's kind of a weird thing you know that advertising that they're missing mm-hmm. out on and all that but i mean if you look at hulu that just plays like one or two commercials at the beginning sure. of your show and then you can just watch the whole thing through i mean i'd even accept that sure. over like all the crap that's on tv yeah. and all the crap commercials they have on you there yeah 40 minutes of programming and freaking 20 yeah, minutes of commercials you know honestly yeah. i don't even mind commercials but what i mind is not being able to watch a show when i want to watch it yeah you know that shit about it being blocked out i mean i know a lot of cable things now have on demand and tivo and all that i don't got time to be programming my tv <laughs> to fucking pick shit that i want to watch like, no i want to go on netflix i want to say hey i want this watch it right now i want to go on hulu find a show i want to watch and watch it right now sure you know so i just hope all cable can get kind of in that wheelhouse because even like i got hbo Mm -hmm. the hbo go so i don't have to have cable i can just watch like game of thrones on demand just watch it whenever i want skip right to the boobies parts perfect (laughs) (laughs) absolutely man yeah i i feel you but like you said it'd be nice if there was like one central repository for it. Yeah. I, I'd pay yeah. thirty dollars for it, but I don't want to have to have all these like individual subscriptions. Yeah, exactly. Like, silly, yeah. yeah, and that's that's what I mean. Like, if Comcast had a thing where you get all the stations, sure, and they're all just on on demand, and we don't have to get regular cable because right now you can only get on demand if you get regular cable exactly. first. Exactly, and that's kind of yeah. stupid because I don't want four hundred channels of freaking trash. <laughs> exactly. You know, like I, I want the eight that I want, and that's it. But that's a whole other story for another game. Like, the, the, that's my special segment piece there for Justin McBatches. He loves to hear me bitch about stuff. So. <laughs> well, he's definitely going to be listening in, and he should be listening, because the next thing we're going to move on to... Some more horror stuff. Uh, some horror, some sci-fi. And, you know, uh, what I saw over the weekend, El Bandito, was the new Alien Covenant. Yeah, that, that looks good. I haven't made it out to go see that yet, but I've seen some of the posters and advertisements and all for it, and it really looks high. I like that, you know, it's a sequel to Prometheus, which they were like, that's not a prequel to Alien. So (laughs) that's stupid, but whatever. I'm glad they're just moving forward and being like, let's do some more Alien shit because I like it. And I do have to say after seeing it that they definitely do a good job in uh, giving Mm -hmm. some origin to the Xenomorphs without like giving away any spoilers and such like that. I mean, of course, by the trailer, you know, the Xenomorph shows up. So Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) but yeah, definitely uh, they spend some good time with that. I'd say, you know, on an on a full scale, I'd probably give it like a seven out of ten. You know, like yeah, I, yeah. there was a few things like I, I thought it was a little long, mm-hmm. and it's not so much that I don't want to go to see a two hour and a half long movie. It's mm-hmm. just like there was, it was parts a little dry of, and yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But the action, you know, and the gore, mm-hmm. I thought was done very well. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are complaining because you actually see uh, like a full body of an alien in this one, which in the older movies, it was always kind of to the shadows. Sure. And, you know, kind of gave some suspense. But hey, Alien's been out for like, what, 40 years now? What, 30, yeah. 40 years yeah. now? Like, y- you know what an Xenomorph looks like. They can yeah. be put on screen. Yeah. What, what was the one with Winona Ryder and Ron Perlman yeah. where they're like swimming in water and you can see them clear as day? Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the secret's out on that one. But I, I do have to tell you, 
Like, I know they have a very phallic-looking skull yeah. and everything, but I always thought those things were sexy as fuck looking. Well, they look like they're just clad in black leather, you know, and then just dripping. Uh, I, I don't know. H.R. Geiger, <laughs> who created them, you know, the artist who yeah. did the original design, uh, when you look at them, a lot of them have, like, breasts. And, yeah. You know, like, so, I mean, you're not totally weird for thinking that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think I like anything with like smooth, shiny black all around it, you know? <laughs> You're like, man, the Xenomorph so hot. I know, right? Well, without spoiling anything, you definitely see a couple of different forms of it and one of them, you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, so yeah, it, it's, it's worth checking out. I'm not saying yeah. you got to rush out to the theater and see it. I mean, it might be a, you know, a DVD at home kind of thing, maybe on Netflix. But um, hey, yeah. well, speaking of glistening black perfection, I also heard that you checked out a little Netflix action in the oh, past week too, right? Absolutely, man. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> Luke Cage, because I want to yeah. get caught up so I can see the Defenders in August. I still mm-hmm. got to watch Iron Fist, but start with Luke Cage. Baby right? steps. Exactly. Baby steps. I already saw Jessica Jones and Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. And I have to tell you, man, I'm really digging Luke Hell Cage. yeah, right? Now, I, I like binge-watched the hell of that when it first came out. So oh, yeah. I know you're not quite at the end yet, are you? You got another one to go? I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm at like episode 10 out of 13, so I'm, okay. I'm close. So you, I'm, yeah, you got a couple. I'm getting to the final conclusion, but want to know what I really dig about it? What's that? I mean, I, I, the actor who's playing Luke is cool. Yeah. You know, Rosie O'Dawson showing back up. Mm-hmm. To, I, I love her, so it's great to have her in there. But what I really dig is I remember in the 90s, I had a Luke Cage comic with him and the Punisher, yeah. and it retweeted told his origin and there was a lot of characters from his actual origin that they're putting into the show like they're doing a great job not to say that they haven't done that with their other stuff but i mean like they're literally taking like from the pages of his original origin these characters you know shade and yeah well dude what i loved was you know in the in when he's kind of going through his origin yeah. And he finds all those artifacts, and it kind of makes up his original costume. Exactly. You know? And then, I like, his that. reaction to himself is priceless. We won't spoil it. Go yeah. watch the show. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the fact that he's wearing that, like, 1970s, like, <laughs> kind of, you know, retro garb yeah. was so great. And it's kind of funny. It starts off a little weird, I thought, in the yeah. sense that it almost seems like every black stereotype thing written by a white guy. <laughs> but, you know, all the black actors very much pull it together after oh, a yeah. minute, you know, yeah. and, and get the show on track. And uh, the actor who plays... Cottonmouth? Yes, Cottonmouth. Oh, perf- oh, you know, he was in that show House yeah. of Cards that's also on Netflix with uh, Kevin Spacey. Uh-huh. Um, his name is Mahershala Ali. He's okay. it's a little bit of a tongue twister there. But that guy is phenomenal. Oh, he is so good, yeah. so charismatic. I mean, he's the villain of the story, and like he's the first villain I've seen since watching Heath Ledger play the Joker that I'm just waiting for him to show back up oh, and yeah. do something nasty. I mean, he was great. He was, yeah. I agree with y'all, man. I've honestly, aside from watching like the first two seasons of daredevil mm-hmm. you know i watched jessica jones i didn't love it but i i enjoyed it uh, mm-hmm. but this has like gotten me back and excited <laughs> about watching these netflix yeah, marvel shows yeah. so yeah i, I'm, I like I'm too it. how unlike jessica jones and daredevil this really does show a lighter side of new york i yes. mean it's in the same area sort of i mean they moved to harlem from hell's kitchen yeah but they're very close you know, but it really shows off a lot of the beauty and luster of New York in the daytime and stuff like that too. So I, I really like that, and and that's something Marvel's always been able.
able to do. You know, they always oh, yeah. talk about Michael Keaton being the only Batman who could smile. Yeah. Like apparently yeah. Marvel's the only superhero books that can be happy, you know, or the superhero <laughs> movies that can be happy. Well, you know and, it, man. And even the music, you know, I like all the R&B yeah. and stuff that it plays and like, you know, the opening track. And yeah, I mean, no matter what, even Jessica Jones, those opening sequences yeah. to these Netflix shows. Beautiful. Are, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they are. They are awesome i mean they, i hate they to can say, win awards <laughs> yeah i hate to say i don't think any of them's gonna top daredevil oh yeah because that, that thing is just yeah. so beautiful yeah but they're very cool they're very very cool so i'm very much looking forward to seeing the end of luke cage and then going into what i've heard a lot of people say is the train wreck that is iron fist but i'm gonna be the judge i'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah gonna yeah well you know yeah. we we talked to bishop last week you yes. know our resident man of the cloth yes and i remember he was saying that he very much enjoyed the whole uh kind of spiritual aspect of Iron Fist, although he did mention that he didn't like Daniel, that he thought he was like the most boring part of the whole show. And I was like, well, that's Iron Fist. That's Iron Fist, yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to see how that works out. But either way, yeah, I'm excited to see that. But I know you mentioned the CW shows. Yes. Um, and they've reached the conclusion for the year. Now, yes. I, I'm the Netflix guy. I got to catch I up know. next I, year. I won't but... spoil anything, but I would say out of my favorites, I've really liked where they've brought Arrow Okay. This season, like all around the story. Good. Um, you know, just with it being year five, you gotta imagine some of the flashback stuff is gonna start to tie in sure. to the first year. Uh-huh. And I think they've done very well with that. Cool. Um, I would say that's been my favorite mm-hmm. so far. The Flash has been good. Um, I, I mean, the first two seasons of The Flash were knock your socks off. Sure. It was the best out of all all the shows. But yeah, this season it's just kind of a really drunky. I'm I'm very I'm very looking forward to seeing what they do in the future with that. You okay. know, no spoilers. Uh, but yeah, Legends of Tomorrow got better. Like I didn't really <laughs> like it the first season. I mean, there was some good you. stuff, but it's gotten so much better. Yeah. And yeah, where that kind of tied up, you're kind of just like, where is this gonna go? So <laughs> that's where I'd have to say with with the wrap up of all these uh, yeah. CW shows. I don't really watch Supergirl, but I've heard yeah, that was okay. kind of exciting too. But um. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to the future, and all of those shows have been renewed. So. Great. Well, yeah. see, now, I, Legends was my favorite, so it's funny that, yeah. that that's your least favorite. But I do want to ask, though, uh, you just said Arrow was renewed. Yes. But so the story continues, and there's like... The flashback stuff has caught back up. As as far as we know, we don't know what. The, maybe they'll start flashing back to that first season or something. <laughs> I, like I said, I don't want to say yeah. anything about the the actual wrap up. No of problem. The show. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's very considerate of you. Yes. So, spoiler free edition yes. of uh, of the Power Hour. A little bit of review there for you guys. But let's go ahead and jump into our next musical break. What do we got coming up? We've got the Jasons with "Don't Want to Be a Mongoloid." A one, two, three, four. Yeah, they're guys. 
And that was the Jasons with Don't Be a Mongoloid. Oh, man. The punk rock uh, trio that is the Jasons, man. Those guys rock. <laughs> no doubt, man. That certainly sounds like a pretty epic track. Oh, man. You know it, man. They come all the way from Crystal Lake, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they definitely are. They're pretty rocking, man. Those guys actually perform all wearing like Jason masks and they have like, you know, Jason, this guy, Jason, that guy, they all have like their own little name. So yeah, they, they really take on the personification of Jason. Nice. Do they have a Jason X? They may, or maybe it's Jason 10. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know El Bandito's like, they'd be my favorite band then. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah absolutely. You know, and, and it sounds like they're a, a super awesome act to see. Sure. But if you guys are interested in catching some live shows pretty soon, we're going to let you know just where you can do it in our events segment. Oh, yeah. Coming up first on Saturday the 27th, we have Orgy at the Stamp. <laughs> I know we talked a little bit about this one uh, last week. You know, it, it's, it's an orgy of music, of different musical groups. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So not, not as exciting as the name sounds, <laughs> but more well, exciting. Definitely. And, and definitely not the, the you know, uh, industrial band Orgy at the Stamp. <laughs> I, mean, I would like to see Orgy at the Stamp. I could just imagine. I know. But, I'd uh, like to see an Orgy at the Stamp. <laughs> well, the Stamp's in Vero Beach, and this night's going to feature Hunting with Dick Cheney, Break the Hero, Swearwolf, and more. It's kicking off at 9 p.m., and the drinks are going to be flowing, and the rocking tunes are going to be playing. Awesome. Sounds like a hell of a time. Oh, but yeah. the following Saturday, on June 3rd, Smoking Section will be having their album release for their newest album, High Road, up at Terra Fermata at 7 p.m. Oh, man. I remember we caught Smoking Section uh, last year at that big... Uh, uh, autism awareness event that they they rocked out there. So I know these guys are going to be a lot of fun to see, and they're, they're putting on a new album. That would definitely be one to check out. Absolutely, man. It sounds like smoking section and high road sounds like the place to be. So <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a good time, right? I know it sounds like you go hang out there, and then maybe go catch that Alien Covenant movie, and you have a hell of a weekend right there. <laughs> you know it, man. And you know if if that wasn't enough fun for you on Monday, June fifth. 
we have Doyle's Abominate the World Tour. <laughs> and this is uh, Doyle from the Misfits, you know, so nice. he's the lead guitarist. So, yeah, he's bringing his solo band out, and they're going to be rocking out some tunes. They'll probably do some Misfits covers, too. That's going to be down at Respectable Street Cafe in West Palm Beach. It kicks off at 7 p.m. Tickets are $12, and it is an 18 and over show. And if that wasn't enough for you, on Tuesday, June 6th, we have Original Console Day, which is going to take place at the Brew House Gallery in Lake Park. Ooh. Now, this is going to feature, you know, the classic Nintendo and N64 games, oh. and people are going to be able to come in and game out. Nice, and that, and that's free to just come in there and check it out? As far as I've seen so far, I don't think there's a, a price for admission. I'm sure, you know, it's the Brew House Gallery, so they probably want you to buy some Yeah, some buy, buy some drinks or maybe <laughs> some artwork and stuff while you're there. Oh, you know but, it. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty awesome time, man, you know, because I have to say, like, I tend to be a modest gamer, you know? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have the best KDR in the history of Call of Duty or anything crazy. I can't beat Mario in four minutes and 56 seconds, <laughs> but I can tell you this. I will fucking own you at GoldenEye on N64. <laughs> I will say, I have seen your GoldenEye skills before, and yes, uh, El Bandito is the man with the golden gun when it comes <laughs> to that game. But I'll tell you guys what, if any of you beautiful people out there want to challenge me, El Bandito, to a good game of GoldenEye, if you know they're going to have it down there at the Brewhouse Gallery, send me a message, powerhouroflove at gmail.com, hit me up on the Facebook page, throw me a shout-out on the Instagram or give me a call on our toll-free number, 1-844-944-LOVE, and let me know, and I will be there, and I will whoop you. And he will. I'll be there to witness it, too. <laughs> Bring your friends. So <laughs> there, the gauntlet is thrown. Will any of you challengers accept? We'll have to see, El Bandito. But you know what, man? I think it's about time we go and start this Memorial Day party early. You got it, senor. All right, everyone have a great night. Have a safe Memorial Day, and we'll see you next week, 10 p.m., Podunk Radio, Thursday nights. Yeah. I don't understand. Things were going so great. What happened? Something must have happened. It's not you. It's me. Uh, listen. I was thinking... We should break up or whatever. I am breaking up with you. Consider that a divorce.